I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, Danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and in hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Paul had suffered all of this for the sake of bringing the gospel to a group of people who have never heard about Jesus. Paul was on a mission, not of his own, but a mission Jesus had commissioned him for. Everything that Paul endured, he did so, did so for the sake of the gospel, and everything he faced, he did with great assurance in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul was a man of purpose. We are people of purpose. The reason why Paul was able to endure all these hardships was because he knew that he had purpose in Christ. When you know that you have purpose in Christ, nothing or no one will be able to come against you to stop what the Lord is going to do in your life. It says that before, before Paul was this apostle, it says in, in Acts that his, his conversion to Christ was something powerful. It says that he was on his way to, to kill more Christians, to persecute the church for what they were doing. And it says that he was knocked off and made blind. And, and, and Jesus himself said, Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And we know the story that after that, Paul had a radical conversion. And from that day forth, he began to proclaim the gospel. Saul became Paul from persecuting the church to preaching the gospel. That is the power of God, and that is what God does in our lives. He takes us from going in one complete different direction, and he turns our life around and sets us on a new path. That is being people of purpose. When you gave your life to the Lord, you became a man, a woman of purpose, set on a path that nothing in this world can take away from you. We are not people of fear. We are people of purpose. This morning, we're going to pick up in one of Paul's main journeys. In this case, Paul had been taken prisoner for preaching the gospel in one of his journeys. In Acts 27, it says in verse 2 that 
He was accompanied by Aristarchus. I'm going to call him Art, okay, for short. He was, com- he was accompanied by his friend Arturo. And Art went with Paul everywhere. Matter of fact, he was known as one of his prison pals, his prison buddies. That's what he was referred as in the New Testament. Every, t- every time Paul talked about, you know, little Art, he said, this is my prison buddy that I'm sending to you. This is my prison pal. You know, in this world, in our lives, we need some prison buddies. Not just people who are with us in the good times, but those that are willing to go to prison with us. Those that are willing to endure the hardship. When we're going through the fire, when we're going through the hard times, we need some arts in our lives. Amen? So he was on his way. So Paul was taken prisoner with his buddy Art, and they were going on their way to see Caesar. Because he was in prison and he was persecuted for preaching the gospel. And it says here that while taken prisoner, he was under the supervision of a centurion named Julius. This man would have compassion for Paul, and it would be Julius' responsibility to take him to Caesar. On this journey, they traveled by ship. And this is where things get interesting. The whole journey was a complete disaster. The winds were against them. And you want to read the whole story. It's Acts 27 and 28. The whole journey was a complete disaster. The winds were against them. Many storms came against them. They had battled a storm that had a name. You know it's a bad storm when it has a name. It was called, in the Bible, they called it the Nor'eastern the wind called the Nor'eastern came. And they battled, it says in, in this chapter that they battled this, this uh, tempest for 14 days without seeing the light of day. And it even says in this chapter that as they were battling this storm, people were just saying, there's no hope, all is lost, we're going to die. My main point this morning As I talk about all these points, I got a main point. And my main point is this, and I want it to stay with you throughout this message. And that is, through the storm, when we cannot see the light, when death seems like the only way out, when we begin to lose the things that seem more important to us, God is still on the throne. And those who are called according to his purpose will not perish. I want to talk about four points from this story that would help us when facing difficult situations. Four points this morning. Are we ready? Amen. Point number one. Be careful who you allow to influence your decisions when navigating the storm. Be careful when you're going through the storm. Be careful whose advice you take. 
Let's, let's read in Acts 27. Now, you know, we have the preface, right? Paul and his, these people and the centurion, they're all on this ship. They're all battling the storm. We know the preface. Let's talk about the key things that happen in this storm. It says in Acts 27, 10 and 11. Sirs, this is, this is Paul speaking. He says, sirs, I perceive that on the voyage there will be, uh, it will be with injury and much loss. Not only of the cargo and the ship, but, our, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. In verse 9, it mentions that Paul knew that the fast was over. In verse 9, if, if you read above it, Paul talks about this fast being over. This would be the day of atonement for the Jewish traditions. Now, the only way Paul would have known this, I think, would be two reasons. Because the Bible doesn't ex- explicitly say, but this is my assumption. Number one, probably it was possible that Paul knew that the fast was over, that the day of atonement was over. Because when he got on this ship, he had a sense of what day it was. Because once you're on the ship, you know, there's no calendar Right? You, you lose track. All they have really is, is their navigation skills to, to get from one place in, of, to the other. And Paul also knew or probably had a good understanding of astronomy. Meaning that he probably knew that when the stars were in certain positions, he was aware of the seasons and the changes of the seasons. And he probably knew, okay, when this a set of stars is setting towards the sea, that is a season. That means that the day of atonement had passed. So that's how he was able to get that kind of insight. Now, Julius the centurion had a choice to listen to an experienced pilot of the ship, right? Someone who knew how to navigate the ocean. Someone who had all the experience behind him. The centurion Julius also had the choice to listen to the owner of the ship. Whose best interest was to get the bounty for getting Paul to Caesar. When you're going through difficult situations. When you're seeking advice. There are going to be those that have experience and that are going to tell you things because they've gone through it. And it would seem wise to listen to those types of people, the pilots, the pilots of your life, the friends that would say, oh, I've been through that. This is what I did. This is what you need to do. Can I get amen? Amen. Or the owners, you got owners in your life. They're not giving you advice because they want the best for you. They're giving you advice because they want the best for them. And you got owners speaking into your life and pilots speaking into your life. But the best advice is the spiritual advice. The 
person who can not only have a knowledge of the things of this world, but also a person who speaks to God. See, Paul wasn't just speaking out of some, you know, thing that he probably, you know, grabbed from, from his mind. No, he had a knowledge, but he also had spiritual insight. He had spiritual insight to say, you know, this is not a good idea, guys. You know, and the centurion had all these different opinions, and he didn't uh, pick the man who listened to God. In our lives, as we go through storms and navigate through storms, guess what? We don't go through this earth ignorant. Paul wasn't ignorant. He had a knowledge. But he was a man of God. He was a man who would listen to the Lord, as we would see later on in this chapter. So as you navigate through life, as you navigate through the storms, the wisdom of God supersedes the wisdom of this world. Now, he could have listened to Paul, who was not only head smart, but he was also a man who listened and spoke to the Lord. Amen. Point number two. You guys with me this morning? Point number two. This got, this got me. This point got me, man. I was like, I was tore up when I got this point. It wrecked me, as they say in the millennial times. It wrecked me. Only in prayer will God reveal to you in secret what will be used to defeat the darkness. It says in Acts 27, 22 through 24. Yet now I urge you to take heart. He's speaking to the men of the ship, right? These men who are non-believers. They're just prisoners with him. And Paul's speaking to them. Give him some encouragement. I mean, they've been, in, they've been out for 14 days without food, without water. These men are desperate and they've lost all hope. And Paul says to them, he says, yet now... I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Paul was able to speak life into a hopeless situation. He said, take heart. In times where it seemed like there was no hope, in times where it seemed like the end was near, he was able to speak a word of life. He said, take heart. He was able to do this not because he was trying to, like, make the situation better. Have you ever been in that kind of place? Where really you had nothing nice to say, but you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta dig deep. I gotta find something to make this person feel better. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't digging deep to see what he could do to boost the morale. He had fellowship with the Father. He had an intimate moment with God where God told him, Paul, It's going to be all right. You're going to see Caesar, 
It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter where the storm takes you. It can take you this way, that way. It doesn't matter. I have a purpose in your life, and that's going to come to pass no matter what the situation shows you. And Paul was able to take this and speak it to a people who had no hope. When the church begins to grab a hold of God, when, me and, when you and I begin to seek the Lord in prayer, we're going to be able to speak life in a situation that seems bleak. In a situation that seems hopeless. In, 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 a, in a people who are panicked, who are worried and stressed, we're going to be able to say, you know what? It's going to be okay. How do you know? Because God told me it's going to be okay. And if God said it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what the news says. It doesn't matter what's happening in China or in Europe. It doesn't matter because God says that I have a purpose and so do you. If you give your life to Christ and if you do that, you'll have purpose. And it doesn't matter what comes against your life. It doesn't matter. Point number three. The sting of people's words can do more harm than the bite of a snake. Let's go to Acts 28, 3 and 4. It says, now, to give you a little bit of backstory, the ship had already sank. They're shipwrecked. They managed to swim to an island, and they're with some, peop- they're with some people that they don't recognize. So here we go. Acts 28, 3 and 4. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them out on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Can you imagine that this morning? Can you imagine that? You're just walking around, right? He's grabbing, he's grabbing some sticks. Look at my little backpacker here. He's grabbing some sticks. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's walking around, man. He's doing his thing, and he has this little coronavirus right here on him. You know, and it's, it's like that in life. After storm after storm after storm, and then you go about doing something else, and all of a sudden, man, you got another thing to add, another thing to worry about. And all of a sudden, you get bitten by this snake, and what, what does he do? It says that he just looks at it and tosses it into the fire. That's what he does. And the people said, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. People talk. People talk. You come out of a storm, you're shipwrecked, 
man, you're, you're, you're trying to get warm. You're trying to get back to life. You're trying to get back to, you know, you, you, you got all these injuries from the storm and you're trying to recover and all of a sudden something else happens and what do people say? Man, something must be wrong with that guy. Something must be wrong with that person. And sometimes, you know, and, and, you know it, it, the Bible doesn't allude that the snake affected Paul, nor the words affected Paul. But when I read this, I understood something different. That many times we recover from the storm. And many times, you know, we get injuries from snakes in our lives. But sometimes the most hurt comes from the people who are talking amongst themselves. The words that say, oh man, this guy, he is in the wrong, he is not right. Look at what's happening in his life. And as people who are, have purpose, people who have made it out of the storm, we only should be listening to the Lord. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what they think about you. It doesn't matter what their perception is about you. Nothing matters but what the Lord says about you. That's the only thing that matters in life as people of purpose. I want to go to our last point this morning. Point number four says, what you gave up in the storm was to make room for what God wants you to have after the storm. Let's read the last verse here, Acts 28.10. It says, they also honored us greatly. And when we were about to sail, they put on our board Whatever we needed. Now, from, from that snake bite, what had happened is they saw, they were, they were waiting for Paul to, to blow up, to, to just fall down and die, the Bible says. They were just waiting. And when nothing happened, they were like, man, this guy must be a god. And what Paul began to do is begin to minister to these people. He began to pray for their sick. And all of a sudden, they turned 180 degrees. And so it says now that they're on this, now that they're going to go back on this journey, back to see Caesar, that they're giving them whatever they need. Now, in contrast to this beautiful End of the story. If we go to Acts 27, 18 and 19, we read that this wasn't the case. It says that since they were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. They began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw away the ship's tackle overboard. So... Here's a picture of people on the ship, and they're freaking out. They're like, we, we have to, you know, keep the, the ship, the boat afloat. See, when you jettison the, uh, an airplane, what you're doing is you're getting rid, rid of the cargo so that you have more fuel to get you farther. Or, or when you uh, 
throw overboard the cargo of the ship. You're trying to keep the ship afloat. When you're in the midst of a storm, many times you lose things because you're in the situation. You lose friends. You lose things that you once had. And and sometimes we look back and we think, am I ever going to get that back? That which I lost in the storm but I want to tell you here that in Acts, you know, the, the cargo represents to me the things that I think are, that I need. I thought I needed that. I need that, Lord. I can't give that up. I need that in my life. And the, 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 the tackle represents, you know, to me, the, the rigging instruments, what gets things on the boat and off the boat. You know, they would use that for fishing, for substance, livelihood. I needed that in my life. You know, whatever it may be that's, that's stopping the supply. Maybe it's something that happened at your workplace and you lost that. You lost that position. You, you, you moved around different companies and you thought you had it so good over there. You don't have that anymore. But I want to tell you this morning that the things that you lost were to make room for what God wants to give you in the future. It says here in this verse that they were given whatever they needed. Even though they started at a loss, they ended up in a gain. This morning, I want to tell you that Jesus is on the throne and we should respond the way Paul did in full confidence that because we are people of purpose, He will not allow anyone to perish. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, that you're on the throne. We thank you, Lord, for this this story, Lord, of Paul and how it speaks to our lives, Lord. How, Lord, as people of purpose... You've called us, Lord, to do great things for you. You've called us, Lord, to, Lord, do your will, to preach the gospel, to to preach to those in a time that have lost hope or feel uncertain. You have called us, Lord, to get on our knees and to seek you so that we would have a word to a people who feel like they have no hope. Lord, I pray for your church this morning. I pray for not only Mercy Hill, Lord, but all churches that are going through it, Lord, or have people that are going through stress, fear, worry, Lord, I pray that you would build their confidence, Lord, that you would reassure them that people who are called according to your purpose will not perish, Lord. 